Folks, good morning. This is the monthly market update for Rosecut. I suspect that we would be doing more than monthly updates given the, the volatility and dislocation in, in markets. Daniel, uh, I think we, just to give a sense of perspective, if we go back, this has been a rapid crisis. You know, one month ago, the global economy was getting into uh, recovery. Do you want to give a bit of context to start with? Yes, absolutely. I think going into this year, our thesis was that all of the liquidity that the central banks had pumped into the system was actually going to see us avoid a recession this year. That's on a global level and the US level. And that thesis actually seems to have been playing out in January and February. We're now seeing the data coming through and all that data suggests actually the recovery was on the way until March time. And that was when the coronavirus spread from being contained to predominantly just China with a few isolated cases around the rest of the world to actually spreading into Europe in quite a serious fashion. Now, given how infectious it is, that has naturally led to large parts of the economy shutting down uh, as we try and contain this uh, uh, this virus. So essentially, the positioning that we had and, and our theory for the year all looked correct, but things changed quite dramatically at the start of March. Mike, Perhaps you'd like to say a few words about how this has actually developed since the start of March in terms of financial markets. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the puzzling aspect for me is if I go back exactly four weeks to sort of the third week of February, Apple had a profit warning based on the impact of the coronavirus in China and nothing happened to the stock. So people in markets weren't really focused on this. And that focus then, I think, adjusted very rapidly. We're now in sort of a mixture of three to four different crisis. We have the coronavirus crisis itself. We've had an oil price crisis uh, as well. The price of oil is down 70% since January. And we now have a, a financial market crisis as people unwind positions. And also, I think, as a lot of the, the financial stress begins to, to deepen. And that's where I, I think on a day-to-day basis, a lot of the energy of policymakers is uh, is now focused. I think from our point of view, a lot of investors have been fully invested in this and are now mm. scrambling to unwind positions. Do you want, Daniel, in that context, just to give a sense as to how conservatively positioned we were going into this, uh, this event? Yeah. I mean, we had about 14% in cash before the market peaked. So we had you know, a fair amount of um, safety built into portfolios in that respect. That's in addition to the government bonds that we've held. So we have you know, large percentages of portfolios in those, you know, both short dated and longer dated government bonds. And those really helped actually in the initial um, part of this sell-off because government bonds actually appreciated quite a bit and helped cushion the falls in equity markets to an extent. Now, in the last few days, we've seen a slight reversal of that trend. But then, and I should mention actually today, it's the 19th of March. Things are moving so fast, I think we should point out what day we're speaking of. And I say that because the ECB's launched quantitative easing again last night, and we're now seeing government bond yields come in again, which means that government bonds should start to act in a more protective fashion again. Now, I I can't tick off how every other private client wealth manager has been positioned, but I know that a lot of them don't hold the sort of weighting in cash that we have. And the trend over the last few years has been to sell a lot of government bonds because they looked so expensive. And it's quite understandable as well. What we've done, I think, in terms of portfolio positioning and how we've changed through this crisis, we've not jumped back into equities in a wholehearted fashion. 
Uh, I think if it wasn't as dramatic a backdrop as we've got in markets, we would have normally looked at this market and said, there's a lot more value on offer, let's invest more. But I think we're just keeping our powder dry for the time being and seeing how it develops. Um, I was just going to ask you about other players such as hedge funds and, and risk parity funds and, and how you think they're getting on because I, I suspect they're not as conservatively positioned as we are. No, I think so. And um, I think part of the problem is that the market behaviour now has gone far beyond what would normally be expected in this kind of health slash macro crisis. And I think the, the intensity of the volatility and the fact that we're getting these multiple days of being down you know, 9 12% is to me, um, with a benefit of experience, it just suggests a huge liquidation of portfolios. One particular issue, I think, is you have what are called risk parity funds who hold bonds and equities. Uh, and both of those assets have sold off recently. So their selling of one forces the selling of the other. And, and this may persist for, you know, three, four, five more more trading days. You may see policymakers uh, try and dampen volatility. You may see them relax rules like the, the Volcker rule, which forces these funds to, to sell positions in times of uh, of stress. Um, and and in, in a sense, that's a sort of an, an artificial, although a heavy factor on markets in the short term. And I think we just have to have to work through that itself before we get on to more fundamental footing and before the, the, the value markets becomes absolutely you know clear and transparent. I think just to maybe Daniel to end, you know, policymakers having been maybe a little bit slow to act are, are now acting with some force. What do you think we will see in, in terms of other measures maybe to bring an end to the financial aspect of this crisis? Yeah, I mean, I've got the list actually of the sort of numbers that have been thrown into markets in terms of stimulus. You know, you're looking at one and a half trillion dollars in the repurchase markets, one trillion of commercial paper relief. I think we've now got seven hundred and fifty billion dollars of quantitative easing from the ECB. <laughs> you know, policymakers are doing stuff, uh, and some of those numbers are mind-boggling. But in terms of you know potential turning points for the markets, what could stop this? I think the Fed are probably considering a move such as trying to put a cap on government bond yields. So they keep control of the treasury market. Uh, that would be potentially useful. I think the really the game changer one could be some form of modern monetary uh, theory. So this is basically saying every citizen gets $1,000 per month just to see them through this uh, crisis. And I think that actually that sort of big fiscal stimulus could actually do something because investors are, are not impressed by monetary policy. I, I think they view that as essentially pushing on a string. You know, there's not much the central banks can do. So we need the uh, governments of the world to come together and, and start putting some real money at the problem uh, and help people like the self-employed and, and small businesses get through this uh, crisis. The, uh, the only other thing that could be a turning point is, you know, if we if we drop a bit further, then you know there is a point where actually valuations just get so ridiculously stretched and, and so cheap that you just you've got to start buying back in and, and sort of close your eyes and sit through uh, any short-term volatility. That's certainly something we are mindful of, but you know, we're not we're not going to rush this. Yeah, absolutely. So I think just to, to, to wrap it up, the things we're looking for are maybe one extreme value, two convincing fiscal policy, and then maybe three a sign that the the rate of infection in big European countries, maybe the US, is beginning to, to slow. 
it's all happening very fast. So I suspect we'll, we'll be doing another podcast very soon. Okay, yeah. thanks, Daniel. Brilliant. Thanks, Mike.